Hey everyone, hope you guys are having a great little holiday. Um, if you can, I know there's lots of uh, stress and strife out there, but let's take a moment to breathe and um, just think this too shall pass. It is December 30th. I'm Angie Sue. This is the Asian Fail Podcast. And today I'm going to chat with my friend Safwan and his cousin Hamza and we are going to just do a quick little recap of Cobra Kai and Karate Kid since um, the creators have decided to release it a week early. Little Christmas present for all of us. Um, I thought it might be interesting just to hear the points of view from someone like me who's an OG Karate Kid fan who actually saw it in theaters as a kid and then um, Safwan is kind of indifferent to it. And then his cousin, who's very, very young at 18, is actually a super fan of all the movies and of the show. So just thought it might be interesting just to hear their takes on it, just intergenerational opinions of it. Um, we all love it. And like I said, it's dropping January 1st. And I guess we are all relieved that's going to be a new year new president, new vaccine, same old chaos and BS coming from the White House right now. So let's just hold our hold our uh, noses and get through it. We only have, I don't know, what, 20 more days or so. Um, but anyway, I hope everyone is doing okay. I wish you all the best of luck. Here's the show. All right. Today on the pod, I have Hamza and Safwan, and we three are going to chat about Cobra Kai because season three got pushed up a week and <laughs> by, um, by everyone's surprise, which is pretty funny, um, YouTube released like a little uh, snippet of Johnny going in and hacking Netflix. Um, all of a sudden, he's like a computer whiz, right? So, <laughs> so he changed the release date from the eighth to the first. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. So we are yeah. all uh, scrambling and um, decided to throw this pod together just to kind of recap everybody on seasons one and two and the original movie, and um, just talk about I don't know how much we enjoy both. Or, you know, I did catch up and watch Karate Kids 2 and 3, and I was just shocked at how cheesy they were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, I can see, like, the the elements that they pulled into the show to carry it forward. So, so I'm just going to talk about how I saw it myself when I was a kid. So I'm like the you know one of the original moviegoers because I'm so much older than you guys, and then Hamza is in his twenties and he is a um, huge super actually, fan. I'm about eighteen. <laughs> oh my god! So even younger. Oh my god! So funny. Yeah. I thought he was like your age. Okay. Yeah, so he's yeah. even younger. So he's even younger, but he's a super fan of all the movies and and the show. And Safwan is in his twenties and he's kind mm -hmm. of like indifferent. You know, wasn't yeah. like for or against it. Um, yeah. But all three of us are big fans of the show now. 
So, mm-hmm. so Hamza, how did you come across Karate Kid? This is like such an old movie for you. <laughs> um, so what happened was, I remember one day I was going to a family friend's house, and I this was when I watched the 2010 remake. I was actually really interested in it, and I watched it like a couple of times more because I really liked it. And one day, my uncle told me about the old movie, which he currently actually forgot completely about. When he told me about it, I, um, I didn't think it would be as good as the 2010 remake because of how choreography and such has changed over the years. But I really found the story to be very interesting to the point where I ultimately decided it was a much better movie. Then I found out there were two sequels to it, and I was like, oh, so the story's not over. Okay, I want to see what's going to happen next. Then one day I was on YouTube on my feed and I saw it say Cobra Kai, the Karate Kid story continues. Yeah, so sorry. When I when I saw that, I thought I was dreaming for a second. I was like, wait, is this some joke of a spinoff? Did they recast them? I was like, what's happening right now? I watched it and I was like, okay, this is really interesting. Um, I don't know. I thought I was dreaming for a moment. And then I saw the first season when it came out and it was really, really good. And then after that, I was essentially what you'd call addicted yeah, yeah yeah and you can i mean yeah i think netflix and just stuff online is mm. there seem they seem to be designed to addict you <laughs> so <laughs> so it's like once they once they tease you and you have that initial interest for some reason they develop that algorithm and they just are able to just put their claws into you and get you to watch the whole thing. <laughs> so, so yeah, we were joking before we started recording that you were bugging Safwan to watch it for months. <laughs> and then over the summer, I watched it when it went to Netflix and I've yeah. been bugging him to watch it for months. Yeah. So now <laughs> Safwan finally did it. Cause I said, okay, yeah. we're doing this pod, you have to watch it now. And yeah. they're releasing it a week early. So you better hurry. Yeah. So he finally watched it. And yeah, no, it's it's really good. I I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. I thought it was gonna be a bit of a drag. I can't tell you why. I just felt like from the promotional material and stuff like that, it just was like very lighthearted and stuff like that, and and you know, kid friendly. And, well, I don't know to the extent of what kid friendly is these days, but yeah. But mm-hmm. I I don't know. I'm more into like like deep dramas and stuff like that, and and and. You thought and it was, was going like, to be like Saved by the Bell or something. Yeah, something like that. So it was like, and it, yeah, so that's basically the realm I was in when was just approaching it. And I was like, you know, maybe it's not for me. Just giving it like a snap judgment just based off of the previews. And, you know, Hamza was telling me about it and stuff like, and, you know, I had watched the first Karate Kid like once or twice as a kid. And, you know, it was cool. And then I watched the remake and that was cool, too. But I'm not, I wasn't like, like about to just dive into this universe and the, you know, like, cause it wasn't, I didn't want to like, I don't know. I was just, wasn't that invested, but, but what, upon watching it, um, I thought it was going to be a drag for those reasons, but I ended up so, like time started flying for me. I, I was sooner or later, I was on season two already and I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Like, I don't know what to tell my family. I've been talking so much crap about this show without even watching it. But now I come out of my cocoon, out of my little den after binging this whole show and I'm, I'm transformed. I'm like, Hey guys, this is actually a good show. Um, forget everything I said before. This is, 
<laughs> like, okay, there, it's a little cheesy. It's a little corny in some spots, but this, it, the show actually has a lot of heart, and I, mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. And it has a lot to say about, you know, kids growing up and... And and it and I love how it dives into uh, Johnny and Danny's like backgrounds and and makes references from the movies and and just kind of expands on their story a little bit. Um, that's the stuff I love. Like when we get to explore the minds and like and and just like the day to day of just characters. Um, because like in the movies, it's a little surface level, right? Like okay, right. Johnny was like perceived as a, okay the bad the bad boy bully kid, and Danny's like the kid who's just coming up and just trying to get along with everybody in a new community. So, um, but this show kind of really just explores what was going on in their head at the time and what, what, where they are now. So I really liked it for those reasons. That's what got me invested. And did you watch the original movie again? Yeah, I did. To refresh. Okay. Yeah, I did. And then what uh, did you think of it once you saw it again? Um, yeah, so, I I actually because of the show I actually enjoyed it even more mm-hmm. um because you know the show's making a lot of references and stuff from the movie so um yeah just watching it I had a lot of those like oh oh my god it's that moment oh my god it's that moment oh my god it's that moment so um it just kind of enhanced it for me mm-hmm. so, yeah me too because yeah. I I had not seen the movie since I saw it in theaters when I was a kid and so yeah. I watched the show and then yeah I went back to see the movie and yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, of course, YouTube is like, you know, you can just get lost on there forever. But they had posted, right. I don't know who, but they posted um, the original VHS videos of Al- John Alvinson, the director, shooting all the rehearsal stuff. Oh, and even so. the auditions. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> so they rehearsed that um, fight scene for months. So that's like there's all this footage online with of all the fight scene rehearsals and the auditions and really crazy stuff and that was really interesting. And I read that he yeah, he was a meticulous guy. He has an editing background, the director, John Elmson. Mm. And so he of course like mapped everything out and he shot everything. He had the cast and everybody. He shot everything with the VHS camera beforehand. So when they really started shooting, it would just be like clockwork. And oh, nice. yeah, you can really tell. And then they were saying that that final fight scene, they actually shot it during a real karate competition <laughs> in the valley in the 80s. Yeah. So they're saying like when you, the, those scenes when you're they're entering the, the whatever, that convention center, and all those kids are, act, you know, doing their matches, those are real people doing their real karate <laughs> The vibe, the vibe of the karate competition, the All Valley Karate Competition, is like so different from the movies than it is from the show. Like from the in the show, I think it's like in a school gymnasium or something. But when you when you watch it in the movies, it really you can feel the atmosphere. Yeah, <laughs> it's like roaring. and they were saying the the extras in the crowd. They said that they were like all in. Like everybody <laughs> felt like this was a real thing. Right. And um, what was interesting was, you know. In, not like a traditional movie where you just have the one camera set up. He had multiple cameras at multiple angles, so they wouldn't have to take it again, you know. So it was just like, you know, that this is it. Everybody go for it. And he shot the whole thing with these multiple cameras. 
And that's why it cuts together so well. You know, we, yep. um, yeah, and that's his editing background. But that's pretty smart. Anyways, getting, um, that's full that's me getting nerdy, nerdy film schooly on you. But um, but yeah, so Hamza is like a super fan, and yeah, I was a fan, but I didn't even watch the 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 next two because I just thought uh-huh. that they were. I was a little older by then, so and I thought they were a little cheesy, so I didn't watch it. But I have gone back and watched the two, and I have to admit they are still cheesy. But, but at least I can understand some of the references now for the show. So, Hamza, why did you like the original movie more than the remake? More than or the, the reboot, remake. I should say. Um, I liked it more because the story had a much better impact in comparison to the 2010 reboot. Um, I do like Jackie Chan a lot, and that's a part of what made me really like the reboot. But um, in the original movie, when I saw that connection throughout the other two, I um, it really got to me because sometimes I would question the choreography in the fight scenes. They were very, um, I don't know, sometimes when Daniel got a point in the tournament, it was really, I was like, did I watch that correctly or did they not rehearse the scene the right way? But regardless, um, the story was uh, put together much better than 2010 was. His relationship to Mr. Miyagi was a better bond compared to Dre's relationship to Mr. Han. So that's what really made me decide this is a much better movie. Also, Kreese's development throughout the movie and how it connects to the second movie. In fact, um, I heard the beginning of the second movie was supposed to take place at the end of the first, but they Mm -hmm. decided to change it. So Mm -hmm. when there's things like that, it makes me um, put together pieces that make that movie um, much better than the 2010 remake, in my personal opinion, of course. Yeah, I think they did that with the third one, right? They um, So the second one, yeah, they do show the end of the first movie, and then Daniel and Miyagi go off to Okinawa. And then the third movie, they kind of show the end of the first movie again, too, and they sort of show you what happened to Kreese, right. which is so- kind of mirrored in the show, in the second mm-hmm. season of the show, where you see him looking dejected, walking off with his military duffel bag. <laughs> you know, like he's down on his luck and he's lost everything. And I was like, you know, when I watched it again, I said, oh, my God, this is just like <laughs> season two, where he has nothing. You know, he's reduced nothing and he's just walking pitifully down the street with his duffel bag. Um, so, yeah, they, they mirrored that uh, that beginning of the third movie in season two. But an, another interesting thing for me for the original Karate Kid movies was that, you know, these are huge mainstream movies and you have this Asian American actor as a, the star in these movies, which was mm-hmm. not a thing <laughs> back mm-hmm. then or even now, you know, where you have like this major character be Asian American and um, the first Karate Kid movie was, to my recollection, the first film that even mentioned the Japanese internment. You know, they kind of do it just offhandedly, but it's like that wasn't even taught in schools. Right. You know, like when I was in high school or and even, you know, middle school or whatever, they never mentioned uh, Japanese Americans being stripped of all their property and their rights and put in these you know, isolation camps in the middle of nowhere after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. So, so that was like, you know, a 
like uh, seeing it as an adult, that was pretty striking. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw an interview with Pat Morita on YouTube, and he was actually a child, and he was interned. Wow. So, yeah. So he wow. he actually lived that experience as a child. Um, wow. Yeah. So it's pretty intense, um, you know, him as an adult playing mm-hmm. somebody who was had the similar experience, um, mm-hmm. but yet a little older. So, and there are all these rumors that, so the, the creators call it the Miyagi-verse. <laughs> so there are all these rumors flying around that they're going to make like a World War II movie with Miyagi in it as part of the 442nd. So who knows if that's going to happen, but that would be pretty awesome. Um, yeah. That'd be pretty okay. cool, actually. so let's uh dive into season one so hamza how did you feel seeing johnny that opening shot with johnny flat on his stomach disheveled older (laughs) (laughs) wakes up in the morning first thing he does is drink a stale beer like what's going through your head well, I had seen the trailer before watching it, and I could pretty much sum up how everything was going. I knew that Daniel was successful, and Johnny resembled um, what Daniel did when he was a child. The narrative mm-hmm. sort of switched, where um, one would become successful, the other would live the life that the um, the other lived uh, back in the 80s when they had nothing. Considering that Johnny was rich back then, um, I did watch the J. Matthew Turner video um, that Daniel's the real bad guy, if you know what I'm talking about. And I knew where everything was going pretty much. And I was like, okay, the directors definitely watched that video because I could see how they were putting everything together. They were drawing Johnny as someone who wasn't that bad of a person. And um, then they um, showed Daniel to be someone who isn't perfect and makes mistakes then slowly began to see we began to see how Johnny also made mistakes. So um, they take it at a slow pace, and then at some moments they speed it up. So for me, this has been a long time. <laughs> like for you know, since you were a child, and then now you're middle aged. So it was really crazy to see like these people again. Do you know what I mean? It's like. Imagine being 50 and then seeing people that you kind of knew when you were like 12. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like these yeah. culture, these, these pop culture figures pop up again. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you first saw them when you were 12 and now you see them when you're 50. And that was pretty mm-hmm. wild because um, just like you, like I, you know, I, I love the movie and it left, you know, such an impression especially at that age, because, you know, if you're bullied, you really feel <laughs> for Daniel. Yeah. Like yeah. you could, you have this visceral reaction to Johnny beating the crap out of him and just sort of mm-hmm. targeting him and like almost hunting him. <laughs> so, yeah, that visceral reaction of being bullied, like you really felt it. And, um, you know, especially Johnny and his motorcycle gang of karate like roving around on their motorbikes hunting you down and throwing you off your bike and um beating the crap out of you i mean yeah 
I guess when you're um, 12, you really feel it. Yeah. And you really remember it. And I just remember hating his guts. <laughs> like, like really hating. <laughs> like, I knew it was an actor and I knew it was a movie. But it's like whenever you saw him, he always played the bad guy throughout the movies. I mean, right. throughout the 80s. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you just I just had this feeling like, oh, I can't stand that guy. <laughs> and so when I saw the trailers for Cobra Kai and I saw Daniel kind of, you know, teasing Johnny. And I was like, what is this? I am not watching a show where Daniel's the douchebag and Johnny is the guy that I'm supposed to be rooting for. You know, so it was mm-hmm. like my own little protest, like, I'm not watching this. <laughs> 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 but then when it, you know, Netflix got it, I was like, all right, fine. Let me see what the, the hype is about. And yeah, I was like totally addicted <laughs> after that. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned the uh, you watched the Internet video of is Daniel the real bad guy? I watched that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's a that's a good point to bring up because after you know they made the movies and it was just years and years of just kind of being in pop culture. So you have wax on, wax off. You have the whole catching the flies with the chopsticks, which by the way is not a thing, and that's totally gross because we eat with chopsticks. And why would you catch flies with chopsticks? <laughs> they're the most disgusting thing and you don't want them on your eating utensils right but um but that and then the whole sweep the leg so that all became part of the lexicon and johnny became just kind of this archetype of um the villain and um i guess it's kind of a testament to how good billy zabka was in his first role not even like first part not even first major part, but this was like his first acting job, and he did such a good job that um, that he's so memorable. And um, I must say, I was were you caught off guard uh, on how good of an actor he was in the show. I was actually um, because I knew that William Zabka didn't really have much of a really. Like, an acting history similar to that of Ralph Macchio, because um, Ralph, of course, was given various movie offers, some of which he declined. Mm-hmm. Um, in William's case, he it really did get me off guard how he was able to pull off the way he acted. In fact, some people actually said that he should get an Oscar or something. I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> go that far, but, but I would say that he did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was um, surprised because the tone of the show shifts a lot, too. Sometimes it's this heightened kind of comedy. And then, you know, it'll switch. And um, it's usually around either Daniel's backstory or Johnny's backstory. And, yeah, I was shocked at how, like, how good he was and how convincing he was. Um, I think that scene with him and Miguel in the diner and he's talking about how he wants to be a better teacher for Miguel, and um, he missed out on being a father to his son. Yeah, that was, like, really surprising to me. I was like, oh, my God, he's actually a really good actor. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. What do you no. think, Safwan? Yeah, it was, it was moments like that that really, that really got me invested in the show. I just, I don't know, I like character development so much. That's just my thing, you know, like, um, just having that emotional connection that that sympathy for a character really getting to know them under their skin and stuff it's it's moments like that that, that i really appreciated and um it kind of reminded me of the 
the story where like you know the three little pigs and the wolf was like <laughs> like it, there was like the whole like oh no i didn't actually blow their their houses down i was sneezing or something i had like some allergies or something and they like they thought i was like assaulting them for some reason or whatever <laughs> <laughs> so was I like, have not seen this. There's you, some you haven't read re- that book revised. Yeah, uh, no, it, the revised Three Little Pigs. Or yeah, it was like a revised three. I I can't remember <laughs> what the name of the book was, but we were read to it as kids. It was like, it was like, oh, the the wolf was misunderstood. He was just trying uh, to borrow some sugar mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. So it was kind of like I love how it kind of shifts the perspective. Some sometimes with Johnny, it's like, and especially that 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 scene where he's talking to. Miguel on the beach and he's like he's telling his side of things that happened in the first first movie oh um I was in love with Allie you know so vulnerable with her and then this kid Danny comes out of nowhere from you know south you know from uh from the east and and like you know he just starts hitting on my girl and stuff and I didn't appreciate that and then he makes the first move and hits me or something I don't know he's like telling his side of things and I'm like yeah I could see why he would think that you know, like <laughs> he was hitting on his girl, but it wasn't his girl at the time. You know, they, they were, were on a up. break. They were on a break. And <laughs> so, but at the same time, I was like, bro, you got to move on. <laughs> <laughs> you you can't terrorize people on your motorcycle. <laughs> you can't. That's I kind of think, sure. uh, Don, I think, um, what's his name? Tommy. Was to blame because he was the one that told Johnny to go there and um, oh, Tommy. Daniel on it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what they do. They egg each other on mm-hmm. into some bad choices. Yeah. But yes. I do remember Bobby was the voice of reason. Right. Yeah. Didn't he, wasn't he the one that turned out to be a priest or something or a pastor? Yeah. A pastor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought it was so cool that all these original people came back. That was pretty crazy. I can't believe they brought Jimmy back. He didn't even say anything in the movie. Yeah. Who was Jimmy again? Jimmy. He was the one that was on his phone. He arrived last in the, at the hospital. Oh, okay. You remember? Uh, Am I right, Hamza? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He was like on the phone with his wife or something, and he was dropping off bags. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the the guy that died, on the show. In season two, mm-hmm. Tommy, mm-hmm. the guy mm-hmm. in the hospital that they were visiting, he mm-hmm. he really did pass away. It was kind no. of crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was like a few a, months after. That's sad, yeah, actually. a couple months after they shot that scene. So that was pretty crazy. But yeah, wow. I guess William Zabka had kept in contact with all these people. Um, maybe because it was his first film and it was such an enormous success that it kind of bonds you. Mm-hmm. But that's usually not the case. You usually don't <laughs> keep yeah. in touch with people you work with on a movie. Branch off yeah. in your own yeah. <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but that was sweet. Like, that episode especially was great. It was super sad and yeah. stuff. I loved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was really, uh, um, yeah, it was funny just and odd and touching seeing all the Cobra Kais together again. Um, yeah. Again on their motorcycles, right? Yeah. But this time not... I mean, okay, there was one fight, but <laughs> in the bar. In the bar. <laughs> but, yeah, otherwise they were staying out of trouble. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so season one opens up with Johnny. He's down on his luck. And then he has his neighbor kid, Miguel. And Miguel um, gets his butt kicked, almost, because Johnny steps in like Miyagi and 
beats up these teenagers. And that's how the whole thing starts with him opening up Cobra Kai again. And just just at, from a practical sense, don't you think if Daniel could just let it go and just let Johnny have his little thing, <laughs> like all of this trouble could have been avoided. Right. <laughs> like, why does he have to? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, why does he have to step in and interfere? You know, if you look back on it, like all this trouble, you know, from the end of season two. If Daniel could just keep a lid on his own temper. Yeah. It, it was so much uh, at once. Uh, I, I think it was like, I don't know. what Didn't at some point, like it was like Samantha was with her friends or something and she collided, or her friend collided her car with Johnny's or something and then Johnny had to get it well, repaired. Well, she hit, she actually hit Johnny. Right, right. Yeah. So then he had or to no, his... hit his car, hit his car, yeah. Yeah, so they were they were just meant to cross paths at some point, I guess, um, because, you know, his car was being repaired at, you know, Danny's um, auto, auto place. So then, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but yeah, you do bring up a good point. Like Danny's, if you just let him have his thing. But I think the whole thing is like, oh, Cobra Kai was almost like a cult. It wasn't even like karate. It was like <laughs> mind bending, brainwashing, like cult, you know. Yeah. So I think it, it touches on the theme though that, you know, they are really similar. Like they have these hot tempers and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And the whole thing about there's really not bad kids, there's bad teachers. Mm-hmm. And Crease ended up being Johnny's teacher and he went down this path and then Mr. Miyagi was Daniel's teacher. And that was kind of enough to keep him out of trouble. Um, but, you know, as season two progresses, you see that without his teacher, he ends up sort of reverting back to his aggro, impulsive ways. And it just gets him and Johnny into big trouble. They keep making bad choices. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> without their teachers. I feel like the only reason Daniel stepped in with the whole Cobra Kai thing was because of what happened in the third movie. I think that's when things got taken too far. Mm-hmm. Because um, that essentially traumatized him because they wouldn't just leave him alone. He even tried to go to the cops and they, well, they laughed at him for just ringing in a tournament application saying someone's blackmailing him. So he thinks that it's um, overly aggressive and that essentially the whole cult needs to be terminated. Right. I guess that mm-hmm. the whole trauma is what's messing with his mind. So in a way, everyone has a role to play in what and how things turned out in the end. Yeah, Good point. this is true. And I think that's why they have such a strange connection, because they both live through this crazy childhood trauma together. <laughs> and that just links them. They have this common traumatic, um, you know, event yeah. happening mm-hmm. um, to both of them. Yeah, yeah, one ended up on the side of winning and one ended up on the side of losing. And, you know, you could argue, does one loss really turn your life upside down like that? But, yeah. you know, it can go either way. So. Mm-hmm. so at the end of season one, we have Cobra Kai on top. Johnny is the sensei. Miguel is the star student who wins the All-Valley against Johnny's own son, Robbie, who was trained by 
Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> so it's this weird reverse where Daniel becomes like a surrogate father to Robbie because Johnny mm-hmm. was never around. And he's trying to yeah. teach Robbie the, the right way to do karate. Mm-hmm. And um, Miguel, of course, learns the quote-unquote wrong way to do karate, and Miguel ends up winning. And the very last second of season one, you see who reappear? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. John Kreese. John Kreese. Now, yeah. Hamza, were you, did that catch you by surprise? You know, it's kind of funny you say that. When he came into the dojo, I thought it was said, Johnny's stepdad, when I heard the mm. voice for a second. Mm-hmm. But then um, I was like, wait, that's not him. And then I was like, wait, no, this isn't true. They said he died. Remember? Right. The committee meeting? And then I was like, this can't be him. And then when I saw him, when I saw him take out his cigarette, I was like, mm. I was like, just completely shocked. I was, <laughs> they actually brought back Martin Cove. And then right. I couldn't yeah. wait for season two after that. I was like, wait, it's going to happen now. So, so yeah. many theories on the internet. One person thought right. it was a ghost or something. Another oh. person thought he was going to come and seize Cobra Kai. Another person thought he was actually going to be good this time. Or Johnny was so. just too drunk that night or something. <laughs> Possibly. But you know what was... So when I went back to watch um, part three, they did that too. They faked Crease's death. Like they said, they said that John Kreese had died. Remember, Terry Silver was saying that he had died. And then Kreese pops up and freaks uh, Ralph Macchio out totally. Um, so Kreese pops up in the dojo. And then I was like, oh, my God. And they did it again. <laughs> <in> the <show. laughs> like like Johnny thinks he's dead, right? And then yeah. he just walks into his dojo, you know, with his cigar. And, um, yeah, mm-hmm. that was pretty crazy. So, yeah, at the very end, I was like, no. <laughs> My favorite part in all of that was like when Daniel said to Johnny at the restaurant, let me guess, he died. I hope you were actually check- able to check his pulse this time. Right. How many times has he faked his death? Yeah. Right. Yep. So, of course, because it's on Netflix, it immediately starts up. It just plays it for you, right? It just immediately takes you to season two, and you're like, mm-hmm. "What's happening?" <laughs> so, so yeah, season two is all about the bad teacher, the bad sensei coming back, and um, really taking over. Johnny is trying to steer Cobra Kai in a progressive direction, and um, yeah, John Kreese is not having it. So then he creates this divide within Cobra Kai, where you have some people. That just want to learn karate, don't want to cheat, want to learn it the right way. And then you have guys like Hawk, who are like, no mercy. <laughs> Hawk. <laughs> I've been billing my whole life with this lip, no mercy. You know, I, I'm I'm just going to go out and kick butt, and I don't care. Um, no. So, So season two, any standout moments from season two for you, Hamza? Well, I, one of the things I liked about season two was probably Robbie's development. Mm-hmm. Because it, um, out of all the characters, I feel like even though Miguel is essentially the protagonist, I feel like Robbie's gone through more development than he has. It shows him going from okay, so he was essentially born without a father, and his mom never gave him like enough time. So then we see how he tries his best to improve himself, and we even see that one moment in season one where. He wants to go back and give Johnny a chance until he sees him with Miguel. 
then eventually he has this turnaround moment where he eventually realizes that a lot of the things he sent is wrong. But we also notice that Robbie's not perfect. Like when he sees the new Miyagi-Do students, he judges them the way people used to judge him. And then um, he goes back to the way he was in, in early season one when after what he did to Miguel. And then we realize maybe it's because of everything he's gone through because he lost his father figure. He lost his girlfriend to Miguel and he lost his actual dad to Miguel. And then after that, he was just full of it and he couldn't control himself and then accidentally did what he did. So I feel like when you put that together, Robbie has a really tragic um, character arc that's probably going to lead him somewhere interesting next season. Yeah, I agree. There was a lot of development on Robbie's part. And yeah, you do feel for him because he's basically neglected, just a neglected child. He doesn't have a father, really. And his mom is... I don't know, concerned with other <laughs> things, everything but raising her own son. <laughs> and um, and yeah, he's kind of left to fend for himself. And, you know, the only thing he can do is just, I don't know, get befriended by a bunch of hoodlums. But yeah, he decides to take the the righteous path and gets trained by Daniel and he tries to to rehabilitate himself and yes you're right at the very end he is overcome by his own um anger and he makes really bad choices really bad mm-hmm. and Safwan, do you yep. have any thoughts about season two yeah no um, any big takeaways no i agree with uh agree with you guys uh so the robbie character robbie's character was you know he had a lot of development and stuff i liked the moments where um johnny i like the moments when johnny and daniel like bonded like even when they didn't want to especially the mm-hmm. uh that scene where like they're in the what is it the the mexican restaurant yeah. and the wives like put the tables together and stuff uh-huh. and it's like against their own will they have to just like <laughs> deal with each other and then they end up like they end up drinking and bonding and and they walk out of there as friends, like, and, and just catching up. And I love that. And I was always rooting for their relationship to go that direction. Cause I was like, you know, it's time for some healing. It's time to just bury the hatchet, you know? And those, those moments are so endearing. Um, but then there was always something, right. there was always something that was shattering that foundation, that really fragile foundation. And that was just like, it was one of those, Oh God, you just roll your eyes back. You're like, when will this end? You know, but, you know, as these shows go, you know, they have to proceed with this conflict between the two. But I think going into season three, they're going to have, I think they're going to like, you know, just to throw out some speculation. I think they're really going to team up this time and really just try to put in some effort with this relationship. Like, like how they were meant to cross paths and, and butt heads. I feel like. The opposite is also supposed to happen, where they're supposed to become allies and fight uh, this new regime in uh, Cobra Kai. (laughs) Yeah, we all want them to be friends. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) To be best friends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, My favorite episode is episode nine, where they, yeah, they, Johnny gets a new car, basically, Mm because he um, finally tells Daniel that Samantha's the one who totaled his car. So they're test driving this car and they're singing to the radio together. 
and then they happened to pass um, Daniel's old apartment, mm-hmm. which is still there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that crazy. Really cool. that, that apartment building is still there in the valley, and they used it again for the location. And mm-hmm. um, they go, they go, and they look at the pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a big. That was a trip, especially with them intercutting the original movie footage mm-hmm. with um, with this little nostalgic walk down memory lane. And then, yeah, at the bar, hanging out. They talk about Allie. So then you kind of think, hmm, is she going to come back? And then, yeah, you're just so you're so hyped for them to bury the hatchet and get together and then of course they go back to daniel's house and robbie's in daniel's little makeshift dojo and all hell breaks loose and so yeah it was it's like oh it's like a soap opera yeah the couple just the happy couple can't stay happy you know something has to come up to um to trash it yeah so but of course everything comes to a head this season, there's no All Valley Championship to be the climax, mm. but it becomes this huge, epic school fight. Right, and I'm like, <laughs> where is the supervision? <laughs> where, where are the teachers? <laughs> where are the teachers? I so much as look at a kid weird back in the day, and I got like, like detention for it or something like these kids had a freaking epic like lucasfilm brawl out you know it was long too (laughs) like it was like order 66 was initiated and everything all chaos broke loose and i'm like where is the supervision i was mad i was mad for personal reasons because i was like i could not get away with this back in the day and these guys are like throwing out like punches and stuff no yeah yeah it's <laughs> so, full-on like yeah yeah but like a um, bar brawl in the school it was so crazy yeah and um it's just like uh what was the reason for it because uh because miguel and samantha kissed at the party oh my god <laughs> miguel and samantha kissed at the party so let's murder each other Oh my god. No, so remember Tori storms into the little office area with the intercom. Yeah. She's like, Samantha Russo, I'm coming for you, bitch. Oh my god. And it was so crazy. It's like then everyone just floods out of the 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 classrooms, right? And they're in the hallway and mm-hmm. the girls are circling each other. Okay. Right? It's if really this was dramatic. reality, if this was reality, they just tug on each other's hair, they end up hitting the ground and then teachers separate them. And the whole fight lasts like maybe five to ten. No, like not even like just five to two to five minutes. But in this, you know, they they know karate, you know, mm-hmm. and they're like throwing kicks and stuff. And <laughs> it's just like I was. Just... And then it just became a free for all. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, but it was entertaining as hell. So yeah, yeah. Hamza, how did you feel about the the big brawl <laughs> climax? <laughs> I was okay. I didn't. Are you I really didn't shocked? See, I was, I was very so shocked because um, so I knew something was going to happen because I saw the trailer and I was like, when I saw Tori getting ready to punch them, I was like, okay, this must be the season finale. So then when I saw it, um, I was like, wow, did not see this coming. Right. And um, a lot of people got involved actually that I wasn't expecting. Like I heard that some of the stunt coordinators were also in that brawl, and um, mm-hmm. I actually watched a video on it on YouTube the whole brawl break, broken down, how they did everything, and mm-hmm. how the stunt doubles were associated with it. And it was really interesting. 
One of my favorite parts of the brawl, though, was um, when Dimitri kicked Chalk in the trophy case. <laughs> that was too funny. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yes, nerd, nerd on nerd of retaliation. He was focused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the um, I I think I saw that too because I was like when I was watching it, you know, I'm like in the story, but at the same time, the film geek in me, I was like. Dude, there's no cutting. This is all one take, pretty much. No. And it's like it's so it's one steady cam guy and you know, they they had to have everything choreographed to a T or someone was gonna get hurt. So, um because there's just people, bodies just flying left and right, and so they had <laughs> to have everything like mapped out and choreographed. And yeah, I thought just technically that was pretty amazing. Because, again, it's not a short scene. It's a really long scene with a ton yeah. of people doing really dangerous things. And, um, yeah, hats off to them. They pulled it off really well. Mm-hmm. But, um, okay, we can't talk about the fight without talking about the very, very end. Did you guys yeah. see it coming? That was... that. That was, like, intense. I was like, <laughs> I didn't know if it had to go that far. <laughs> me either! Why are you doing this to me? That, I didn't think it was going to go that far either. He literally was like, I'm sorry. Like, you could just feel the release. Like, he literally backed off. And then, I don't know. I think that was a very... Not... As if it wasn't already an overreaction on both their parts. Mm-hmm. Like, Robbie just straight up... round. Like, what did he do? Roundhouse kicks him off the... The, the the balcony and he falls over down the, the flat, railing all over the railing mm-hmm. and he flies down and hits like the the railing on the bottom and on I'm his just, back on his back and i'm like okay he's dead miguel's dead like i just i accepted it right there i was like oh my god <laughs> i just witnessed murder <laughs> that was Hamza, really intense. how about you um so when i saw it i knew that um something was actually i saw robbie running after that he did what he did and i was I really didn't see that part coming. It was intense when Miguel straight up just landed on his spine. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, then I saw Robbie's face and he looked like he had a lot of remorse on it. He really didn't mean to do what he did. It was definitely not just premeditated. Left. Yeah. Definitely he just not. straight up left after. So I was like, okay, something's probably going to happen to Robbie. He's probably going to be in the run. He's probably going to go back to living the delinquent life. He's probably going to do one of those things because I know right now he has a really, really bad relationship with everyone. So um, I thought about it, and um, initially I realized that Miguel did start that fight with him after he did touch Tori when he was trying to separate them, and then um, try to consider why Robbie did what he did. And as I said earlier, he um, had that built-in anger because Miguel provoked him, saying, Sam loves me, not you, and Robbie didn't have anyone left in his life. So it's kind of hard for him to just keep his cool. And... um, yeah, so that's what really that was like the central point of his anger, where he just put it all into one kick, where he didn't mm-hmm. mean to kick him over, and yeah. when Miguel said sorry, there was no impact towards Robbie because he wasn't thinking straight. So um, I think that's gonna be that's gonna play a huge role in season three because I know for sure that the beginning of the season is gonna play off that what happened at that fight. I believe that episode's called Aftermath, if I'm not wrong, because I've heard that everywhere. Yeah, that, that oh, was actually the first a good point. Episode. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He um 
he definitely looks like he regrets, but he just got caught up in the moment like all those kids did. You know, it was just just weird (laughs) pent up aggression and then opportunity (laughs) presented itself. (laughs) But yeah, I was kind of shocked at how much the girls got into it Mm -hmm. because they were like Tori was out for blood for real. Like she (laughs) She was out for blood. For sure. And it all started in that uh, roller skate place. It was like... (laughs) The roller rink? The the roller rink, sorry. I'm not... Do they still have those? (laughs) Yes! Okay, okay. I'll I'll probably visit one of those one time, one of these days. Do you remember in the first movie when Daniel got kicked off the soccer field? For punching Mm -hmm. Bobby? Yeah, it's really similar to what happened at the roller rink. Oh yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 They use a lot of those callbacks, like the the Miguel Samantha first date was golf. Was it golf and stuff? It was golf yeah. and stuff, and the, the photo yeah. booth. So that was in the original movie. They went yeah. to golf and stuff for, for their first date. But um, yeah. okay, so we have the fight. We have Miguel in I don't know full body cast on a ventilator. In the hospital, unconscious, right? Who knows what's going to happen? Brain damage. It's going to be in a wheelchair. Nobody knows yet. Have you seen the trailer, and by then, the way? I have. <laughs> so, wait, so far, what like, about I know you? you have. Um, uh, no, I haven't seen much of the previews. I don't mind any spoilers or anything like that, but it was just it's just one of those things where I was just trying to not get as much uh, information into the next season. I'm going to go into it fairly blind, but I really don't care at this point. I mean, it's just around the corner, so... The fight scene was, yeah, it was about settling scores. Mm-hmm. Everybody all season long had all these scores to settle, and that was the time to do it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, because it's like the whole Dimitri and Hawk. They have to resolve whatever their beef is, yeah. like they're best friends, and then, right. you know, Cobra Kai comes into his life, and now they're mortal enemies, right? right? And then, um, yeah, Samantha and Tori... Um, Robbie and Miguel, which ends badly. And then in a weird way, Daniel and Johnny. So, and Daniel and Johnny have the added um, guilt on top of everything else. So they both pushed everything too far. And now because of their original beef, it's trickled down to all these kids. And now one of them's in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And Daniel's daughter, um, um, Samantha's, you know, arm is, I don't know if it's broken, but it's injured. So, yeah. yeah. So his own daughter got injured in the whole thing and her yeah. face got scratched and all this other stuff. Yeah. I'm actually curious to get your take on it. Like, what do you think about Daniel's like response to Cobra Kai? Like, do you think he was like, he had good intentions starting his own dojo or was it just to counteract Cobra Kai? Like, cause when you watch, when you watch the ad, he does poke a, he does like kind of jab at Cobra Kai, like but saying things like snakes in the grass and stuff like that. But at the same time, there were like moments where like, hey, I think he genuinely wants to help the community and stuff, and it's not because of this shadow looming over the, over the valley, you know, that you know Cobra Kai's in town and stuff. Um, I, because he, he really did want to just help the kids in the community, and you know, the, there's a the whole thing where he's not balance because he's not committing you know the other part of his time with the you know 
his business with his wife and stuff but like um what do you what do you think about his intentions or his motives with his dojo like i i was actually curious to get your take on that i think he wants to feel like he's doing it for the right reason mm-hmm. but you know just from a practical standpoint it's like why are you <laughs> resurrecting this <laughs> Yeah. 30 plus year feud from childhood, you know, <laughs> yeah. it makes no sense to me, you yeah. know, but of course you wouldn't have a show if they didn't have these um, deep seated um, grudges and feelings. Yeah. So um, I think he's telling himself he's doing that. He needs to teach kids the right way, blah, blah, blah. But um, at the same time, it's this, uh, it's like um, Johnny and Daniel are jealous of each other. For different th- reasons. Mm-hmm. And it, it goes back to childhood. So mm-hmm. it's like this childhood wound and this childhood jealousy that has mm-hmm. not resolved itself. Mm-hmm. Even Daniel winning, right? And Johnny being in the state that he is, is not mm-hmm. enough for Daniel. Right. Right. He can't just have, he can't just win in life. He has to completely destroy his enemy, <laughs> which is what? Which is Cobra Kai's mentality, right? Yeah. You know, that's not Mr. Miyagi's mentality. Mr. Miyagi would have been like, just let him lead his life. It has nothing to do with you. Yeah. So, but he can. He can't let it go. He needs to destroy Johnny, not just see him poor and out of work and all this other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's, that's, that's kind of where I was at too. Like, I'm like, is it, is Danny doing this for himself or is he actually trying to help in some way that he can but i i figured like he would have never opened up the miyagi dojo you know like if it wasn't for cobra cobra kai being in town like it was it was definitely a reaction for sure or a response to that so um that's what i was thinking i was just like um where is he where's he at what's his headspace starting up the the dojo again and stuff Anyways, Hanzo, what's your take on it? Oh, um, I think that when he initially opened up the dojo, it was to destroy Cobra Kai, but then when his daughter told him that she doesn't want to fight them because they're mostly her friends, yeah. he thought it would be a better idea to show people a better way and right. use it for the right reason. Yeah. I think seeing Snake in the Grass was some form of attack ad, mm-hmm. but after that, I don't think he tried to retaliate in any way. He just tried to, um, what do you call it? expand his dojo or advertise for right. people to know about it because after that ad he didn't really do anything to um attack over Kaya other yeah. than um coach his students when obviously his backyard got vandalized right so, yeah yeah it was like gang warfare pretty much at that point <laughs> and then the very very last shot the johnny yeah. He throws the whiskey bottle at his car that he's decaled with Cobra Kai. He's done with Cobra Kai because Kreese has come back and he's basically said, I own Cobra Kai. And Johnny's, you know, this is after Miguel got injured. He's like, you can have it. You know, I'm over it. I'm done with it. So he's on the beach. He's going to trash his car. He chucks his cell phone. Right. And then you see and he walks away. So you don't know what Johnny's going to do. But you see a close up of the cell phone. And the friend request that he sent out to Allie gets answered. He gets a ping saying <laughs> that his friend request has been <laughs> accepted. Yeah. 
So, of course, begs the question, do you think Allie is going to come back for season three? Elizabeth Shue. Um, Her character is married at this point, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... (laughs) <laughs> the only reason I ask is like, oh, is there? So why spark... would they put it in there? Yeah, are why they would they put it in there? Something? Are, gonna, are they going to have another spark or something or whatever? Um, yeah, but that was definitely a, a bombshell. I was like, oh shoot, Allie's back um, in some way or form, you know. Um, so I, that's going to be cool to see how they explore that in season three. Um, you, Hamza. Hamza, have you? Research the internet to find any clues. I haven't heard a peep. Oh, right. Have I'm, you? I'm pretty sure she'll be back. But um, I can honestly say out of all the things I'm looking forward to, that's probably one of the least because I don't think Abby's that good of a character. We find <laughs> out in Cobra Kai she left Johnny because he forgot her birthday. We find out that she left Daniel because... She she even she trashed his car and she oh, yeah. met a football player from UCLA thirty years ago. Oh yeah. So like she's really I I'm I'm really not interested in what that character has to say about Daniel and Johnny fighting. She was so sweet in the first movie. What what yeah. why she what happened to her? <laughs> That's Who so knows? Funny. They yeah. might do a deep dive and reveal some things and we we decide that okay, maybe she's not all that bad. Yeah. Her leaving these guys but yeah but they made it such a big deal because that's what they ended season two on right that's the cliffhanger right miguel and is Allie coming back yeah so but okay so youtube has really not youtube but um cobra kai has released these little teasers so you see kumiko from Karate Kid too. Mm-hmm. Nice. And and they said that um, they said that it part of it is was shot on Okinawa, so you know Daniel goes back, but we just don't know why, right? And you see Kumiko. She, they confirmed Tamlin Tomita was going to be back for season three, and then they confirmed that Chosen, the bad guy from um, Karate Kid two, mm. the young Japanese guy, yeah, yeah. Um, is back too. And he's like been really active on Twitter, which is funny. Um, oh my god! <laughs> I know. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> so it's like, so why? Why would he go back to Okinawa? Of course, it has something to do with Mister Miyagi. So you know, everyone's wondering, like, what? Yeah. What's pulling him back his there? Business. Yeah. His business. His bonsai business? No, his um, dealership. Car dealership? dealership. Yeah, I think, oh, okay. I think he goes through some phase or something. Something bad probably happens that hurts his business, and he has to go to Japan to, I don't know, um, perhaps uh, maybe search of expanding it or featuring a new brand or type of car. I'm not sure. Because oh. um, I don't hmm. know if you guys saw the priest clip. No, no, you're getting my live reactions right now. (laughs) Because something happens where um, that's going to definitely hurt his business. I probably won't talk about it now. Yeah. So then Daniel's going to be down on his luck. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, we're only going to have to wait a couple more days to find out. I can't can't wait to see Komako again. (laughs) That's going to be awesome. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so yeah that'll be a trip because it's yeah again yeah. we have not seen these people in over 30 years yeah in, in these characters 
Yeah. But um, I want to thank my guest, Safwan, indifferent Cobra Kai fan now. Or Karate Kid fan now, big Cobra Kai fan. Yeah. Hamza, super fan of all the movies <laughs> and the TV show. And me, OG. I saw it in the theaters. <laughs> love the first movie. Love the TV show. And Cobra Kai season three starts January 1st. Thank you guys. Take care and have a good new year. Thanks, Angie. Thank you. Good chat. It was a lot of fun talking to those guys about the show. Um, I love how Hamza is the youngest, but yet sounds the most mature out of the three of us. And apologies for some of the sound quality. Um, Hamza was all the way in Florida and connection wasn't super good at times. So I tried everything. I had the limiter and the noise reduction and the EQ going on. And that was as good as I could get it in those spots. So thanks for hanging in there and listening through that. Most of my friends kind of roll their eyes when I tell them to watch the show, but then they watch the show and then they enjoy it. So to there. Um, I just wanted to mention, I'm also going to put a link in the show notes to an article about Pat Morita and George Takei's time in the Japanese American internment camps during World War II when they were children. And, you know, just a little more information about that uh, dark period in our history. And hopefully they do make that World War II movie with um, Mr. Miyagi's character in it. That would be totally awesome. And what was I going to say? I guess I just wanted to end on some thoughts about why it's so um, interesting, all this success. Because Cobra Kai was released in 2018 on YouTube Red. And then when it was released over the summer, it was pretty much in the top 10 of Netflix's trending for over a month So that in itself I thought was pretty interesting because this is a product that had already been released on another platform for over two years and it was still, you know, wildly popular for over a month. So that was pretty amazing. And I was thinking, why? Why why is it so popular? I mean, I like it because I'm a child of the 80s and it kind of is nostalgic and it brings back childhood for me, but... I think it kind of goes deeper than that. Um, I've done a lot of research on child development, and I remember reading that things that happen to you in middle and high school, they really stay with you for the rest of your life because it's such a formative time in your development, just physical and your your brain development. So... um, we as kids, when we watch this movie during that time, it really does stay with us. And um, like I said, you almost have a visceral response to Johnny and Daniel and seeing those two characters face to face on the mat again. Um, it was just very surreal and nostalgic and, you know, maybe because it's so fun and so self-aware and... Um, I don't know. I think because 
I'm Asian American. It's really cool that um, this Asian American actor was such a, a big part of this massive successful franchise. And his spirit lives on in this in the series. And I guess the creators are just really respectful for the just the story itself. Um, you know, this this boy without a father and this man without a son and how they found each other and kind of completed each other's lives and filled that empty hole. And I guess that's it. I hope you guys have fun watching it. I know I will. Um, I'm not going to stay up and watch it when it drops. I, I'm a mom and I need my sleep. But uh, I will be watching it. Um, I'm going to try to ration my Cobra Kai, but who knows. Anyways, take care. Happy New Year. It's not like it's going to all magically go away on January 2nd, but symbolically. New year, new start. Cheers to everyone. Take care.